Hello and welcome to episode 22 of Analog on Relay FM. This week's show is brought to you by Lynda.com, where you can instantly stream thousands of courses created by industry experts. For a 10-day free trial, visit Lynda.com slash analog and Squarespace. Start here, go anywhere. My name is Mr. Mike Hurley, and today I am joined by Mr. Casey Liss. You say that as though I'm not here every time. <laughs> how are you, Mike? I'm good. How are you? I'm well. Is that you hinting that you're going to boot me from the show soon? Well, it's just like, you know, sometimes I have Casey List, sometimes I have Casey List. <laughs> I see. You the, know? Those two, very different individuals. Very different. They're very different. One of them, total jerk. Bring your whole self to work. <laughs> what? Have you ever heard that phrase? No. Something I used to hear a lot in the corporate world. Bring your whole self I, I can assure you that I probably do bring my whole self to work, and I don't think my work really wants me to bring my whole self to work. Yeah, you. Par- I think I think most instances it'd be best if you didn't bring your whole self. Yeah, like I still haven't quite real or figured out how not to swear when I'm at the office, which is not something I'm proud of, and it's something I'm trying very hard to get over, but it's just not working. <sighs> Do you see what I did there? Yeah, no, I was, I, 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 my heart jumped because <laughs> because I'm not used to to that to hearing people uh, do that. What you just did, um, well, we'll we'll fix it in post. Well, yeah, I mean, of course we will, but usually it's like panic stations. Get a pen and paper, you know. <laughs> um, let's talk about that quickly. Oh, okay. This, um, this, you're, you're springing this on me. I'm not. I'm not mentally prepared for this, but let's go. Cursing in in the workplace. Uh, are you the only person in your office that does, or like the only person in your office that swears to the amount that you do? Uh, to the amount that I do, probably. Um, but certainly, I'm not the only one. Uh, I, God, I say this as though I'm proud of it. I'm, I'm not. I wish I didn't do it, but it's so hard to turn off. Did you swear when you were at the office? Oh God, all the time. So this is now the thing. Like I, I have a. I mean, you put, you might know this about me. I don't know. I have quite a, a potty mouth. Me uh, too. Yes, you do. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I do. Like, when I'm around my friends, like, you know, I I, I swear quite a lot. Like, no, I don't think any more than the average person. No, wait. Mm, not any more than people that swear, but more than the average person. I would lump myself into that category, yeah. Like, I'm not, like, every second word. It's like a, like a I don't know, like a... Like or a... a- <laughs> but, you know, these things, they happen sometimes. But, like, around people that swear, I swear as much as people that swear do. Yeah. Though yeah. no, you and me, we fit in really well. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I definitely did curse in the office. Has anybody ever said anything to you about it? No, not that I can recall. But that's because we're all kind of adults and we should be able to at least put up with it. Like, not to say I should be doing it, but we should all be able to put up with it. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I wish I could stop, but it's just so hard. Do I, you I, I need to try harder. No, I do. Why? Well, so I mostly do. I I want to be more respectful of the fact that I'm in an office with people who may not want to hear that sort of thing. Uh, and additionally, sometimes we'll have clients in the office and not to say I'm like shouting at the top of my lungs, but nevertheless, that's probably not something a client should be hearing. But um, I, I don't want to, going back to the bring your whole, whole self to work, I'm not the kind of guy who puts on or is good at putting on like a mask when he goes into the office. I'm pretty much who I am on the show, at work, at, at life. And so 
me being me cursing like a sailor is just kind of part of who I am for better or worse. And so I I wouldn't want to be like Captain Formal, but I do think I have plenty of room to improve and and be more respectful of those around me. You know, um, uh, Stephen Fry, right? I know of him. Yes. I'm not, I'm not trying to be funny. I don't, know a lot of his work but i am certainly familiar with him so he's known as being someone with an incredible vocabulary he's incredibly smart he does lots of really interesting quiz shows and stuff like that he was hugh mm-hmm. laurie's uh double act partner um you know hugh laurie right yeah absolutely and i've heard that that show or whatever is incredible but i've never seen it it's called a bit of fry and laurie and it's probably my favorite double act comedy mm-hmm. double act that has ever been well so there's a, c- a couple of things I'm going to put in the show notes, as well as a bit of Fry and Laurie, the Wikipedia article. I'm going to put in some quotes from Stephen Fry and a little video. Um, it's going to go to his like wiki quote page because this is the best I can find, so you have to find it. Just do a command F and type swearing. Swearing is a really important part of one's life. It would be impossible to imagine uh, going through life without swearing, without enjoying swearing. There used to be mad, silly, prissy people who used to say swearing was a sign of poor vocabulary. Such utter nonsense. The people I know who swear the most tend to have the widest vocabularies, and the kind of person who says swearing is a sign of poor vocabulary usually has a pretty poor vocabulary themselves. The, sw- the sort of twee person who thinks swearing is in any way a sign of of a lack of education or a lack of verbal interest is just a something lunatic. So I'm not necessarily (laughs) saying I feel that way about people that say you shouldn't swear, but it's just a really interesting, like, you know, Mm -hmm. because people, that is something that people say quite a lot. Like, Oh, if you swear, you have a poor vocabulary, but I don't, I don't believe that to be the case in any, any shape or form. I don't think that's true of either of us. No, I don't think so. Hmm. Oh, that was a tangent I was not expecting. But I just really like I just really like that quote. It, it it holds a lot more weight if you're like familiar, like quite familiar with Stephen Fry's work because mm-hmm. he's so incredibly smart. But and he does like to swear, as we all should, maybe. Um, so let's do some follow up. Uh, so last week we were um, joined by friend of the show Joe Steele, which was extremely nice of him to get to allow himself to get hoodwinked into uh, being on the show. And he wrote a little summary of his experience on the show that he posted on his blog, and we will link to this in the show notes. And there was, uh, th- I mean, the whole post was good, but there were one or two interesting points that uh, we wanted to bring up. Would you like to talk about that? Yeah, so it was kind of just like this was Joe basically writing down all of the things that he wished he would have spoken about on the show. Um, and I just kind of wanted to point people to go and read it. But it was quite interesting because he was talking about like, um, he was going back over the fast text joke type type yep. thing that we were talking mm-hmm. about. And he was saying about like, he was basically, he's basically kind of giving advice to people that listen to shows or whatever. I think it's kind of it's basically just like how... Um, when you listen to a show like this, and I feel this way with the shows that I listen to, you feel like you have like a two-way relationship with with someone. Like you have like Absolutely. an asymmetrical relationship. Like you can hear what they're saying. So if they're saying it to you and you like them and want to say things to him. But actually, it's a one-sided relationship in many instances. Um, so sometimes making jokes like to you, uh, like fast text jokes and and there is no nice way to say this. Sometimes it's like it's they're coming from strangers, mm-hmm. um, and how like 
it, that sometimes maybe it's best to try and actually get that person to know you a little bit before you make those jokes. It's just an intro. I'm not saying like I necessarily agree one way or the other, like, but I just thought it was a really interesting piece uh, coming from someone who, I, I don't know if Joe will be having me to say this, was a fan of your work and has now become a friend. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so like to see it from, from both of those sides is is quite interesting. Joe's in the chat room, so he can correct me if I'm wrong, but I won't I won't even give the real time follow up if he does, so I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a really good post and it is worth reading. And I and I well I feel like I agree with, with everything in there, but I, I don't know. I feel like that's perhaps a little self serving to say that. Um but but in you know, like you said, the the idea is you should not assume that I will understand or Mike will understand the tone of a joke, even if it's a joke that a lot of other people have made. And it's definitely um, it's definitely nice to, even if I've communicated with someone a lot over Twitter, and maybe they're not a quote unquote friend, but at least I'm familiar with them. I know that they're probably not doing something out of spite rather than like a drive-by stranger just saying like, hey, fast text sucks. When are you updating it? Um, so yeah, I, I definitely re- really like that post. Uh, this is another piece of follow-up that isn't really follow-up, but we were asked an interesting question on Twitter today. Would you like to talk about that, Mike? Yes. Uh, friend of the show. Uh, oh, okay. I'm sorry in advance. Uh, <laughs> Bahij Yamut. I'm going to go with that. That sounded pretty good to my ear. I, I could have said anything though, right? But just say it convincingly <laughs> enough and you'll go with it. That's true. It's all about attitude. How did Mike and Casey meet? So basically he goes on to say like it can be a it, how, yeah it can be a starting point meeting people on the internet building trust uh meeting those people in real life and I agree like you know if you meet with people that are internet friends or you meet with people that you are familiar with online I know I've felt this uh relationships friendships have been formed instantly after having that meeting it is very weird how like I can feel that like me and Stephen like we'd spoken for a long time uh, on podcasts, we had podcasts together, like we worked together, spoke on iMessage every day, but our friendship became like solidified after the first time we spent time together in person. Um, but that, that isn't necessarily the same way that me and you became, became friends uh, because we didn't really know each other before the first time that we met. So Did we? Well, let's find out. Why don't you tell the story? <laughs> Why don't you tell your side of the story, and then I'll tell my side of the story. All right, I'm very interested. This reminds me of uh, Jimmy Fallon and uh, Nicole Kidman. So I'm going full on honesty with mine, by the way, so you can feel free to do the same with yours. Okay, so I really thought Mike was attractive, and I wanted to go to his apartment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is the well, yeah the Kidman. Oh, if you've not seen, everybody has. If you've not seen the Nicole Kidman and Jimmy Fallon video, video, it will be in the it will be in the show notes. Oh God, it's so good. Anyway, okay. So all jokes aside, um, I was tangentially familiar with Mike's work, and I'm not saying that in the haha funny way. Like I, genuinely, I I knew that Mike had done if nothing else, some really good um, interviews on Command Space. I think at that point, I'd heard at least a couple of them because generally I would listen when, say, Marco went on or um, I, I don't recall exactly when 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 it was we met in the run of Command Space. We could figure it out, but off the top of my head, I don't remember. But I don't think I'd ever like regularly listened to any of your shows. And what I can't remember either is I don't think... I really knew Steven at that point either. And so this was 
Was it WWDC this year or last year? I can't remember. It wasn't this year, was it? Right. No, it must have been last year. Yeah, it was last well, year. Well, no, two years ago Well, now. two years, right. So in 2012. 13. That's what I said. 2013. Oh What's happening here? I know. I'm the worst. <laughs> so anyway, in 2013, I believe we met at a 5 by 5 No, no, no. No, it was an iMore party. I'm going to go with that, and you'll correct me in a minute. I think it was an iMore party, and I think it was a party that we had gone to unfashionably late because we had recorded ATP that night uh, at friend of the show Jason Snell's studio at Macworld. And so we show up this party really late, and I'm there with John and Marco, obviously. And so they walk up to Dan, who Dan Benjamin, who was there, and I don't think Dan and John had ever met in person if if memory serves and so the, you know they introduced each other and i don't know which one of us said hi to the other i would guess that you probably said hi to me and i didn't really know who you were outside of listening to a couple of command spaces and hopefully i made at least reasonable small talk and leveraged that little bit of knowledge i had um but i remember leaving that event thinking you were a pretty cool guy and then over the course of that week of WWDC 2013, um, we hung out, I believe, quite a bit um, and even had um, a couple of interesting experiences at various bars at some point or another. And <laughs> That sounds a lot more interesting than it actually was, but yeah. Well, that's true, but but we'll leave it at that. We'll let the, we'll let the listeners fill, that, fill in that blank. Um, and it was you and Steven, for the most part, that I was hanging out with a lot of that week, as well as Underscore and, of course, Marco and John. And Underscore I'd known already, but you and Steven I didn't really know. And I got to know the two of you guys, I'd say, pretty darn well in the span of that week, given we had barely known each other, or at least I had barely known you beforehand. And um, and we just hit it off. Like, I would say, all, well, you already knew Steven, but I would say I hit it off really well with you. I hit it off really well with Steven. And it was a really awesome week, and we had a lot of fun. And um, and then after that, I think you and I got to talking more and more on Twitter. And then as we talked about on this show a couple of times, and as I talked about with Faith on uh, IRL Talk, we moved up the uh, communication pyramid um, over, over the next couple of months. And we had actually talked about doing a show together for a long time before the show started. So that's that's what I'm going to go with. What's what what actually happened? Well, um well, I don't really I'm sure we did meet at the iMore party because I think that there's photos of us. I don't really remember that actual first meeting so much. Mm-hmm. My story goes a little bit further back. Oh, okay. This is interesting. I um I want to tell you this, but I kind of don't want to tell you this. But Am I going to feel like a big time jerk? I don't know. We'll, 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 oh, you God, won't, I hope but not. let's see how we go with this. So uh, I wasn't sure about you for a while. Oh. Well, nobody was. Because you came onto the scene, and I was, From so, nowhere. I was so jealous of you. <laughs> I, was, I was really jealous of you uh, because I didn't know you, and then neutral happened. And mm-hmm. ATP, had, yeah, ATP then happened, and, and we didn't know each other. We didn't interact in any way and i was kind of just like god that guy like how how why not me yeah yeah no that's fair that was what i was i was like i'm a podcaster i'm good i actually know what i'm doing (laughs) right why not me And, and that was how i felt for a long time uh you seemed like a nice enough person but i think like at the real like base of it i was kind of just jealous of you 
uh, and jealousy does things to people that they kind of, you know, you end up having feelings that you don't want to feel necessarily, mm. but you can't do nothing about it because you're jealous, right? So what do you do? Right. Then uh, I remember the first time I saw you. <laughs> uh, oh, it was, I was in the Chieftain. I only just arrived and, and you and Marco at least came in. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember seeing you guys over in the corner. I don't really remember Imor so much. Like I don't. I'm as I say, I'm sure we did meet there, but I do remember then. Like I don't know how or 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 why we exchanged telephone numbers. Like I don't know how that occurred. God, that happened that quick. Yeah, because I remember. You know why? Your accent. That's what did it. It must have been. I was. <laughs> I remember being at the W, and then you sent me a text asking where I were. And then oh, yeah. I remember coming over and having some drinks in the Chieftain with you and um, I'm going to say Chris Harris. I th- suspect that's right. That uh, Chris Harris and uh, Adam Swindon and yeah. uh, Mateus and probably a couple other people. But the reason I remember that exchange is I remember how excited I was. To come to the Chieftain? To see, to, to hang out with you some more. Oh. Because, and, and I remember it because... Uh, have how interesting it was to me because like I didn't know you and I didn't really have like good feelings about you would you know because I didn't hate you but you know what I mean like my, <laughs> the feelings that I had came from a very selfish place um so I d- didn't really know I didn't really know what to th- to feel but I know and this is so soppy I know that I like fell in love with you that week <laughs> Right, and and you said about we didn't we, like we were texting like from that point, and I genuinely believe like with some exceptions we have probably spoken every single day since WWDC twenty thirteen. Yeah, that's probably true actually, and I would say that you know it, it, in the fraternal sense of the word, I, I think we did kind of fall in love in fir- at first sight. And, we clicked um, immediately, which was yeah. which was fantastic. I, I loved that. And it was it was really good. And and it made me realize a lot about myself, which is is interesting. Like having gone through all of that and, and then realizing that, that I was being stupid and petty. Um and I started to think a little bit differently about those things from there. Oh see. What about that as a story? Oh, that's so delightful. <laughs> I need a minute. Can you tell me about something good? I can, I can. This episode is brought to you by our friends over at lynda.com. Kickstart your new year and challenge yourself to learn something new with a free 10-day trial of lynda.com. Lynda.com is used by millions of people around the world and has over 3,000 courses on topics like web development, photography, visual design, and business, as well as software training too. You can learn Photoshop, you can learn Excel, you can learn Illustrator, um, and loads of other software programs. They're all available to you there at lynda.com. All of their courses are taught by experts and the, and they have new courses added to the site every single week. Whether you want to find a better work-life balance, we've spoken about that so many times on this show. Maybe you want to find a new job. Maybe you want to improve your current skills. Maybe you want to ask your boss for a raise. Um, lynda.com has something for everyone. Once you sign up for lynda.com, you're going to get yourself unlimited access to every single course that they have, including all of the new courses that they're adding every single week. And you'll be able to view them all on your tablets or your mobile devices with their apps for iOS and Android. I think that uh, listeners of this show would be interested in 
maybe some web design courses. I think that might be one thing. Like Linda has uh, web design courses on every language available, including HTML, CSS, Drupal, jQuery. And I checked, Casey, they have courses on Node.js. I know how much you love All the right. Node.js. Um, you name it, they've got it. And something that's really cool that Linda.com are doing right now it's what they call their code clinic, which is an innovative series where each month Linda.com issues a code challenge and authors share the solutions using a variety of different programming languages. And so you'll get to see a bunch of different people's different styles using their language of choice, which I guess is quite good if you're trying to learn a, a something else. Maybe you can be like, oh, okay, I know how to, to do this in Python. Let me see how somebody does it in Ruby and I can try and compare. Every time I talk about this, Casey... I'm like, I have no idea if the words I'm saying. I was waiting, but you did it. You nailed it. Yeah? Yeah. I, I, know, I know one day I'm going to be like, the rubies. <laughs> Maybe I should go and learn one of these things on Linda.com. Maybe I should learn Node.js and be cool like you. You do, should. Do something good for yourself in 2015 and sign up for a free 10-day trial to Linda.com by visiting Linda.com slash analog. Go ahead. I challenge you to learn something new in 2015. Thank you so much to Linda.com for supporting this show and RelayFM. All right. So you don't feel awkward now. Now you know my my true feelings about you. No. Okay. Good. I I just miss you so much. <laughs> I know. I, it is so. This is one of the weird things about having friends online. Uh, is that well, at least for me, or at least having friends that are very long distances, like I get to see you if I'm lucky once a year. Yeah. Like, and that hurts. Like it does hurt, and and like I I feel that way about like so many people, like not even just the people that I talk to on podcasts every week, right? But there are people that I I see at conferences that I'll only see maybe once a year, and these these people I actually consider to be friends, you know. Um, and I've spoken on this show about you know the fact that that I don't really have a lot of uh, friends here in London because of the kind of the the way that I've spent the last five years of my life. Most of my friends uh, I either speak to on the phone or I see them once or twice a year. And like for me, it's even harder because, you know, there are more courses that happen in the States, right? And and like conferences, sorry. And people can, can like maybe go to a couple a year. Like I know that you go to some here and there. I don't know what the next few years are going to look like for you. But mm-hmm. in the last previous years, like you, um, did you go to, is it NSConf? No, I went to, last year. I went to Singleton, and well, no, I'm sorry, that was 2013. Ah, oh, well, well, recently I've been to Singleton, and I've been to um, CocoConf DC. That's it, CocoConf. That was the one that you spoke at, wasn't it? Mm-hmm, that's right. Um, so, like you know, so or at least for you know for for other people that we know can kind of see each other at least at a couple of these things a year. But I have to like choose the two maybe that I can do. Um, so yeah, so it's. Um, it is. It can be tough. Like it can be really tough, but it's weird how you can feel close to someone who's so far away. It's it is. It's very strange. It's very strange. Yeah, it, it's it's very odd. And uh, I, I wish, I wish we could all get together more often. Um, it would be very cool if we could. And that's why I love WWDC so much. And in a in a perfect world we would be able to do wwdc like quarterly but unfortunately that's a bit expensive and so uh we're doing the best we can but we'll see what happens this year i hope i i hope i'm able to go again you've just sent me a picture of yes this was how we met all right i'm putting that in the chat room we will put in the show notes but this this is me that took the picture so i'm not in the picture 
but um, I, it is a picture of Mike and Marco and Dan Benjamin and John Syracuse at some bar somewhere in San Francisco, which was at the I'more party. Oh, right. Yeah. So that was, I think the first time we met. Aw. All right. So let's talk about um, a couple of kind of real world things. Mike, how do you feel about spoilers? So I, I feel like my, my stance on spoilers keeps changing. Um, so I feel like in my life, there are things that, that I don't mind spoiling, 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 <laughs> okay, with spoiling. Uh, and things that I, I do. So uh, I really like to avoid TV show spoilers if I've got like a TV show that I'm watching. Um, movie spoilers, yeah, to to an extent. I I do listen. Like I don't know, people say like, oh, you know, don't listen to shows like The Incomparable if you're gonna watch the movie or whatever. But um, sometimes I actually have done that, or like I know how Journey ends because I've listened to John Syracuse talk about it a bunch of times, even though I never played the game. Uh, because sometimes I just want the entertainment value. I know it's terrible, and I apologize. Um. So I've I've done some of that because I kind of uh, sacrificed the spoiler for the entertainment. Uh, but in general, I try and not... Uh, well, if, if I'm going to be interested in something, if it's like a movie or a TV show or a game or something like that that I am interested in, I will try and avoid spoilers for it. But it's become it becomes harder and harder and harder to do. Like Mad Men, for example. I haven't seen the first half of the last season because I want to watch it all together. But I know it's going to get spoiled. I know it. I just know it's going to happen. Like, But you kind of, I feel like you have to, at a point you have to kind of embrace it. And plus, when I find out any information, it, I can consider it a spoiler. Like, if somebody says says to you, like, oh, what a, what a surprise ending, or you're going to love the ending, or I, all I'll say is, you'll never see it coming or something like that. That is a spoiler because right, now right. it's like, now I know there's something coming. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about that sort of stuff? Um, I don't know. I go back and forth like you do. Sometimes about some things, I take it somewhat seriously and get kind of annoyed by it. Um, I very much want to be in control of the information I consume about the stuff that I really love. For example, my favorite TV show in the entire world is actually a BBC show called Top Gear. And I think we might be talking a little bit more about that later. But um, I do not want to know anything about what's going to happen on the upcoming series or if you're American season of Top Gear until the episodes are actually airing. But with other things, like if there's anything that that I think I'm going to watch, like let's say, um, what was that new um, Christopher Nolan movie? Interstellar. That just came out. Thank you, Interstellar. I will at some point watch that movie. And so because of that, I've tried my darndest to avoid any spoilers. Other things like Mad Men, I'm sure at some point I will probably go through that series, maybe. But... I don't suspect it'll be anytime soon, and I have a terrible memory. So, in all likelihood, I could you could tell me Mad Men spoiler, and I'll probably forget and not be very upset about it at all. So, I know how Lost ends. I've never seen any episodes of Lost. Oh, same here. Exactly. And, and I'll never watch one episode now because I know how it ends. 
Eh, that's an interesting point. I, I don't. I don't I feel that really way argue. about everything, but I do feel that way about Lost. Yeah, that makes sense because I've heard the way it ends, and it sounds really unsatisfying. And everybody that I know that watched the show found it unsatisfying. So I don't know how I feel about like was it like this, let's say ten seasons of mm-hmm. a show that builds to an end that nobody likes. Yeah. You know, so then it's kind of just, and like I've just, I've just, that's a spoiler. I'm sorry. Like I've actually <laughs> spoiled that for people. That's the ending is unsatisfying. Uh, but so they, yeah, it's, it sucks. Like these things suck. But one of the reasons I wanted to bring this up is because I, I was thinking, when I was thinking about this, it was in our document. And this is kind of, is pertinent to the MacBook stealth uh, conversation that's been happening over the last mm-hmm. week or so. These are Apple spoilers. Sure. And I remember a time, <laughs> oh, many years ago, uh, I remember a time where you were surprised at Apple events. Like, not just because of a detail of a thing or... um what could oh that didn't look exactly the way i expected it to look like full on like i have no idea about this thing there are rumors but like for example the rumors about the iphone couldn't have been further away from how it ended up being right Mm -hmm. like the amount that we didn't know was incredible and i that it will never be that way again because of the supply chain and so it's like it's kind of everything. It's kind of ruined, right? I mean, there are right. quite quite a few um, surprises with the Apple Watch, but not that many. Well, they had the um, case. They had like um, not architectural drawings, engineering drawings of the case that came out like within the last twenty four hours before the event or something like that. It's weird. And remember the iPhone 4 when, what was it, Gizmodo got their hands on it and uh, we knew exactly what it was going to be. Well, not exactly, but we saw what it was going to be, um, what, like a week before the event or something like that. Yeah, I actually try, I used to just drink Apple rumors in years past, but now I, I don't go crazy out of my way to avoid Apple rumors, but I don't really seek them out either. Well, you can't avoid them now. Well, that's the thing. And I was just about to say, you know, my role on ATP, because of that, I kind of sort of have to know the rumors and be able to be familiar enough with them to be able to comment on them, which, I mean, I don't begrudge that. That's fine. But left to my own devices, I'd probably at least casually avoid them if I could. What about you? Uh, Well, because th- th- this is the other part of it, right? It's like the why do people spoil things for themselves. I now also feel like I do want to know. Uh, like I don't want to be the only person that doesn't know. Mm-hmm. You know, and kind of I yeah. just want to know. Like I, I'm, I'm they, for the whole reason that there is a market in rumors. Right, right. You know, th- there's, a, there's a rumor, there's a market for rumors because people want to know what's happening. Like, oh, what's the new cool thing? Like, I want to know about it. I'm excited. Like, I'm excited. I can't wait. Like, you know, how you always wanted to, as a kid or maybe even now to open your presents before Christmas, right? It's the same sort of idea. Like, you, you yep. just want it now because you're impatient. You, you don't want to have to keep waiting. The same sort of idea. And, and that's why there is, I guess, a market for spoilers um of any kind is because people are impatient and they just want to know 
Do you, you don't really read books anymore, do you? <laughs> no, I barely read websites. But. <laughs> uh, the reason I ask is like, you know, when I was a kid, I used to grab a book, gra- you know, read the first two to three pages, read the last two or three pages and then fill in the middle. And I haven't done that in a long, long time. Always, but... always, always read the last line. Because if I didn't read yeah. the last line, every time I'm reading the book, all I need to do is just read the last line. So if I read the last line at the f- before I start anything, at least I can get that uh, out of the way to stop gnawing in the back of my brain. Uh, the only time it ever ruined for me was the final Harry Potter book. Oh, really? Yeah, totally ruined because the final line, is it, it clearly says something. I'm not going to spoil it, <laughs> but like, you know, the, the the last line tells you something and that you really don't want to know. Oh, I haven't read the books. I've seen all the movies. Um, I actually read the first Harry Potter book and was unimpressed. And even though I love the novels or not novelizations, I love reading the books. In fact, um, we haven't yet sought out uh, or didn't go see Gone Girl because we haven't read the book yet. And in fact, I got it from the library just this week, but, um, but yeah, I I wanted to read the the book series, and I just I tried the first one. I think I read the whole thing and did not really like it. So, bear with me a second. Mm-hmm. The original Harry Potter books are written for kids. Sure. Uh, and as it went on, they grew with the audience, so they became darker mm. and more mm-hmm. adult in the same way that the movies did. The books are actually in some points darker than the movies. Um, so I started reading at the fourth book. And then I read mm-hmm. the rest. Mm-hmm. It was what five, six, and seven. I have since actually listened to the Stephen Fry audiobooks, which are the superior audiobooks. I will not allow any argument. Hello, listener. Mike here. I'm about to say Jim Ray a bunch of times. I do mean Jim Dale. Uh, to save you all from having to write in to correct me, I thought I would just record this. Now, back to the show. Don't even try and have the argument with me. I have heard some of the Jim Ray books. They're fine, but they're not as good as the Stephen Fry books because fundamentally, Jim Ray has the wrong accent. I mean, that's like, you know, step one. Okay. <laughs> uh, so the Stephen Fry books are superior, and you sh- if you haven't listened to them, you should find them. <laughs> and we'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, you should find them because they are incredible. And I love them. And I have since gone back and listened to the first three books and then the subsequent rest of the series uh, in audiobook form. So yeah, should... no, I've, he- I've heard that the Stephen Fry ones are unequivocally the right ones to listen to. I've not heard any of them, but I've heard they are the right ones to listen to. I don't know if like somewhere like Audible has the Stephen Fry versions in the US. I'm taking a look now to see if to see if they do because they might just have the Jim Ray ones but uh, yeah you should right, try and we'll find them fair enough anything else about spoilers do you have, do you feel differently between books or TV shows or movies or Apple News or is it all basically the same thing I think it's all pretty well no actually because like still with the, the Apple stuff I'll probably try and at least like you know I, I actively try and find out right because i read blogs and follow people that will say these things but i don't necessarily do the same thing with movies that i want to see like i didn't read any interstellar spoilers i avoided serial spoilers for example mm-hmm. um you know, yeah i've avoided them even though i don't know if i'll ever spend the time to actually listen to it what's, but... the, what's the deal with jay casey 
I don't even know what that means. Exactly. But... You would if you listen to Serial. You should listen to Serial, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm here to tell you the good word of Serial. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's... So I mentioned that we are, we'll talk about something in a minute. Uh, piracy is another thing on our list today. So basically, I went into our document today and I pulled together a couple of... A, a few... Like a, a grab bag, a veritable grab bag of topics from just little things that that we had in our document that I wanted to clear out. And I have a reason for that that I will talk about at the end of the show today. Um... Piracy is one of them. Uh, it was suggested by somebody, but I'm so sorry I did not write this person's name down. Uh, all I had in the document was at iMike at Casey List talk about piracy. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> and it's like, okay, that's clearly not the way it should have been written down, but I'm afraid that that's what I have. So, Casey, what is your stance on piracy of any kind? <sighs> okay, let's let me go back. Let me let me change it. Let me change it. Uh, before I get your stance, have you ever been a pirate of the uh, not necessarily the seven seas? If you've been, a pirate, oh, you took my joke from me. You took my joke from me. <laughs> oh, I'm so mad at you now. You can make the joke, uh, and I can edit it to to make you funny. No, it's okay. okay. You you would need to edit to make me funny, but um, yeah, you know, especially when I was younger, um, yeah, I, you have to understand that I. That's already me justifying, right? Just the phrase you have to understand. I'm already so guilty. But um, in any case, uh, when I was going through college slash university, um, depending on where you live in the world, when I was you know 18 years old and, and until I was like 22, um, during that time was when Napster um, was just exploding. And at the time, I didn't really have disposable income. And... If one doesn't have disposable income, but one real, well, I would say I just really love music, but to be honest, everyone loves music in some way, shape or form. Um, So if you don't have a lot of disposable income and you really, really, really like music and you live on a college campus, which has much quicker internet than anywhere else in the world at the time, let's just say you may make some inappropriate choices. You're not being honest enough, so I'm going to start. And then, and then we can come back to you after maybe I've eased you into a bit more honesty. <laughs> uh, in the same sort of vein, like when I was when I was growing up, we we used. I mean, it was Napster. Napster actually was kind of just tailing away, um, and there were but there were other services around. I used one called LimeWire. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and Kazaa. Was there something with a G? Probably. Now, was there a Nutella that with a G? I think it was, yeah. yeah. I, I don't think I ever put two and two together because that's a uh, spread as well. <laughs> yeah, like a Nutella and a banana crepe yeah, sort of thing. Possibly by analogy from the GNU project. The oh, I think you're right. The network. It was Nutella. Um, oh, yeah, okay. So I, me, me and some friends of mine, uh, we used to download songs from Kazar or LimeWire and burn them onto CDs in a local internet cafe. Um, and then once I turned 16 and got a part-time job, that was when I got my first Mac and I had an iPod. And I actually used to buy music. So I bought, Even at that age? I bought all of my music uh, because I liked, I just liked the way it all integrated with iTunes. Um, and so on 
every Monday I used to maybe buy three, two or three albums. Seriously, like every Monday for years I did this. I bought like two or three albums, stuff I'd never heard before or things that went up high in the charts. Like I'd listen to the previews and then I would, I would buy them. The only times then that I ever pirated music was to try and get something before it came out. Mm-hmm. And then I would buy it when it came out. Mm-hmm. because I wanted, again, spoiler, right? It's that sort of idea. Like I remember uh, getting the Arctic Monkeys albums like a month before they were released and stuff like that. Um, I would do that because I would, wanted to get it before, like before, you know, before it would come out. And then when it would come out, I'd buy it. Not because, as I say, not because I felt like I had to because I pirated it, but just because that was how I liked to just consume my music and have my iTunes library and that kind of thing. It's funny when I enabled iTunes Match and then saw all of the terrible music sitting in there. <laughs> that had since been deleted from computer to computer. Um, and then kind of, like, I, I definitely pirated some software around that time as well, uh, like stuff that was expensive, um, like Photoshop and stuff like that to try out, but never kind of really got to grips with. But now I, I don't pirate anything i think the last thing that i can remember pirating was the season one of the wire like 18 months ago uh and then i bought the subsequent seasons because i i remembered i tried to watch it once and didn't like it but my uh, now girlfriend we were dating at the time she told me to watch the wire so i thought i'd give it a go and then i watched season one and then went and bought the rest and i am not taking a moral high ground here the reason I don't pirate is because I cannot be bothered with the hassle. Like, and the only reason I pirated season one of The Wire is because it wasn't streaming anywhere. But then I bought all of the rest of the seasons on iTunes. Like, yeah. I just can't be bothered with the hassle of like using BitTorrent and stuff like that. I've tried Usenet, can't understand it. Can't, cannot understand it. So I use BitTorrent if I ever do pirate. But it's very rare for me now i prefer to stream things or buy things because it's just easier like which is why it frustrates me when i so one of the things that frustrates me is like how release dates can change like so disney are really bad at this like there have been disney movies like pixar movies that have been weeks away from dvd and blu-ray release that are just about to premiere in the uk and I don't understand why they do it, but Disney are really bad for that. Yeah, that's that's tough. Especially when they're animated movies. It's like, well, I mean, like, what's happening here? But I don't know. I guess they still put people on the press tour, but it doesn't make sense to me. I don't, I don't really get it. I'm sure there's a reason. I bet Joe Steele knows the reason. Probably. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I don't... It's not really something that I get into anymore, but I used to. I used to a lot. One thing that I do now, I, I mean, I guess I kind of skirt around the law a little bit. Uh, I used VPN services to get like uh, American Netflix and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like I'm yeah, still paying Netflix money. But, but it's not strictly speaking what they want. It's not above the, it's not like, it's not all above board. Because right. like, for example, all of Friends is on Netflix now all of it Mm -hmm. but not in the uk that's weird i mean licensing is licensing. i feel like yeah all these licensing deals were inked in in all these um all these i can't think of the word i'm looking for but all all precedents all the precedents 
were set back in a time where getting something across the pond was actually that actually involved effort. But now it's just so silly that things aren't released globally all at the same time. Um, so to answer your question, uh, yeah, I certainly pirated a crud load of music and software when I was a kid in high school and in college. Um, once I turned into a real adult, uh, my piracy way, my pirating ways tapered off very quickly. Um, these days, uh, it's it, it's extremely rare that I that I would get anything illicitly, and I generally speaking will just get um, whatever I may want by way of ordering on Amazon if it's a if it's a Blu-ray, for example, um, ordering on iTunes if it's music. Although with what with Spotify being around, um, it's very rare that I've desired to buy music of any kind, or you know it, maybe if there was an album I knew I loved. Um, that isn't on Spotify. Maybe I'd get that. But um, the only thing that I've been known to um, find from time to time um, is Top Gear, which is my favorite TV show. And I am not a patient man. And I'll just leave it at that. So I think we had this conversation privately. Why don't you just sign up for something like Cloak and just watch it on iPlayer? Because... um, I am a pack rat and I want to have a copy of it so I can watch it whenever I want. And, and so I have copies of every top gear that's aired since 2001 or whenever the show rebooted, um, sitting on, sitting on a drive here at home. And so at any moment I could start up Plex, which is my media management for video anyway, media management application of choice and watch any top gear I want. Can you buy top gear? Yes. Now, up until the last series or two, I believe it was heavily, heavily delayed, Um, much the same way you were talking about with Disney stuff. I believe this season series, it may not be quite so bad. I don't know if the Patagonia special is up yet, Um, but it is certainly not instant. And I want as close to instant as I can get. Am I entitled to it? No, I am not. But that's what I want. Um, I'm trying to look and see if the Patagonia special's up. Meanwhile, Joe Steele in the chat has asked, um, how often do you watch those old Top Gear episodes? Not, I wouldn't go so far as to say I watch them often, but more often than one would perhaps think. And so because of that, I like having them around. And the Patagonia special, it's either not on iTunes yet, or I haven't found it, one or the other. Mm. But yeah, Top Gear, I actually watch uh, Top Gear over again more often than one would think for something that seems to be a timely show. So there is a TV channel in the UK that um, buys BBC shows and and puts them on rerun like they have their own mm-hmm. programming as well but their bread and butter is stuff like top gear and a quiz show that Stephen fry's on called qi now i don't know if you know this but do you know the name of that tv station is it five or sky or no you would never guess the name of this tv station if you had a million like guesses and i even when i tell you i'm not even sure if you'll believe it Oh, is it Discovery or something like that no. that's American? No, it's called Dave. Dave, as in the person's name? Yeah. What? No, I would not have believed that. Well, I kind of don't believe that. <laughs> I'm not being serious. It's called Dave. Okay. That's odd. 
Oh, and the other thing, actually, it just occurred to me to go back. Um, part of the problem with American Top Gear, and I don't mean Top Gear America, I mean watching Top Gear UK, but in the United States, is that at least when it's aired on the on BBC America, it's cut to fit an American television station's runtime. So it's cut from a solid 60 to 62 minutes down to like 42 minutes. The other big time problem I have with Top Gear, and I don't know if this is true on iTunes or not, uh, is they oftentimes change the music. And part of the reason I love Top Gear so much is because not only is the cinematography tremendous and incredible, but the music is yeah, incredible. They do great and, music. Right. And so I want the pure original version of the show or as close as I can get to it. And yes, if it wasn't for the fact that I wanted to be a pack rat, I probably would do a cloak sort of thing and use iPlayer or what have you in order to get to it. And I should say that if there was a very easy way to do a VPN sort of thing and get American football games from um, teams that are out of my market, I would do that. Now, I know that there's ways with DNS servers and stuff like that, like ad-free time. And I, I've tried that in the past. My understanding is it's a little kludgier now. Don't email me. I haven't had the time to look into it. I will look into it. But I would definitely pay a VPN service or DNS service to to get me to the UK and then pay the NFL whatever they wanted to in order to get me New York Giants games because they're my favorite football team. And I will probably do that next year. Cloak, what I use... You can set it to UK, United States, United States East Coast, United States West Coast, mm-hmm. and it will just spoof that, and it will do it on. And they also have an iOS app as well as a Mac app. Yeah, so I'll probably be getting Cloak, and then I will probably pay uh, the NFL for Game Pass, whatever it is they call it. And it's like year. it's like I don't know what it is in dollars, but it's like six pounds ninety nine. That's like three hundred and four dollars for a month of access. Three hundred four dollars a month is a lot. Yes, I'm being silly. It's probably like 10 bucks. I was so confused. I was like, what <laughs> is he doing? But yeah, so I, I really like Cloak. I really like that it works on iOS. Yeah, that is that is surprising, actually. It sets up a VPN thing in settings mm-hmm. and then just allows you to connect. That's pretty cool. It is really cool. But yeah, but as I've gotten older, the older I've gotten, the, the less grumpy I've been about paying for any sort of media. And I'm including software in that ca- category. Um, just the other day I was trying to free up some space on my work computer and I decided to use, um, shoot, I think it's called Daisy disc. I believe that's right for the Mac. And I had never paid for it because I didn't really see a need. And it's just one of those things where it like tells you to wait 10 seconds before you get to use it. And then it's pretty much full featured. And I was using it for probably like the 50th time over the span of the last few years. And it occurred to me, why haven't I just paid for this? How much is this? And sure enough, it was 10 bucks and instantly bought it because why was I being so cheap over $10? I just spent $20 on lunch today. Now, granted, I brought some of it home for us to eat for dinner, but still, I, I paid $20 for I lunch. I love you, man. I love you and, so much. And you know why, why would I not spend $10 on this software I, I will use? I have used many times and will continue to use many times. <laughs> so Dave, the TV show, when it launched, apparently they said the reason they called it Dave is because everybody knows a bloke called Dave. <laughs> okay. I just wanted to share it with you because it's one of the most British things I think I've ever heard. That's Everyone knows a different. bloke called Dave. 
Whatever. Okay. This week's episode of Analog is also brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, and online store. For a free trial and 10% off, visit squarespace.com and use the offer code FEELS at checkout. Squarespace, start here, go anywhere. Squarespace's fantastic, clean, and beautiful designs are something that, that just makes the whole platform shine. Their templates are just incredible. And when it comes to p- thinking about creating your own website for i don't know you want to set up a business or you want your own blog or you want a store or you've got an artist or a designer you want a portfolio squarespace is the place to start and their templates are one of the real key reasons they make it super easy to make something super beautiful they have loads more templates with their new squarespace server and they're 15 new ones and every single time Squarespace say, here's a new template, I always go in and immediately just look, see what it looks like on my current website. Like I have MikeHurley.net. It's a Squarespace site. It has been for as long as MikeHurley.net has ever existed. And I've used them for so many other projects in the past as well. Um, and I just go in and I'm like, oh, because you can, you can just preview it and it will just show you exactly how your website, your current website will look with this new template. And you can... Now with Squarespace 7, you just select it on the left and it shows up on the right, like right in front of you. And you can then go into their WYSIWYG tools and you can change colors and change font sizing and the spacing between letters and stuff like that. And and you can do it all there and you can see exactly how your website's going to look once you apply the changes. And then you just save them and it just, and it's done. And you've got a brand new look and feel to your website. They have great new features for Squarespace 7 as well, like the cover page, which allows you to create like a, a nice intro for people or just like a, a site for a single use, maybe a big announcement or something like that. They're working with Getty Images now to give you a great deal on awesome photography. So you can get $10 will get you stock imagery, which is just incredible. You can get $10 an image, which is just great pricing. They have fantastic support 24-7. They have teams all over the world to help you out with that. Yeah, they've got their stuff like their commerce platform, their rock solid hosting. I love Squarespace. And and I think if you have a website that you want to try and build on your own, or you have a site that maybe you want you feel needs a, a nice fresh coat of paint in 2015, go sign up for a trial with Squarespace. Go to squarespace.com. You don't need any credit card to do it. And just give them a try. And when you decide to sign up, because I know you're going to be blown away, make sure that you use the code FEELS at checkout. That's F-E-E-L-S. It's going to get you 10% off your first purchase and sh- and it will help show your support for analog. Thank you so much to Squarespace for helping support this show. That's Squarespace. Start here. Go anywhere. All right. Thanks, Squarespace. Casey Liss. Yes, sir. I want to talk to you about device customization. Okay, that's a little random, but let's do it. Uh, this is something that I hold near and dear to my heart, and we'll, we'll, we'll come to why in a moment. But let's talk about the inside of your devices, so your Mac and, and your iPhone or your iPad. What do you do to make your device feel like it's yours? Um, it depends on if we're talking iOS or if we're talking the Mac. Let me start let's, with the Mac. Yeah, start with the Mac. So, um, the first thing that I do if I get a new Mac or, you know, start over on a Mac is I have to install a handful of things. I have to install one password. I have to install Dropbox. I have to install uh, Tweetbot air. What's the shoot airmail. Um, I haven't, you can tell I haven't had to redo a Mac in a while. Oh, um, I that don't, I, a... Hey, it works for me. I don't want to hear it. Don't email me, email Mike. Used to be great. Uh, ML2, man. Yeah, that's what I'm using, ML2. Yeah, I don't like it. 
it's just well, whatever. Um, but one of the the reason the one of the first things that I really need to install on a Mac that I'm using on a regular basis is um, iStat menus. Uh, iStat menus is by was it Django? Is that how you pronounce it? Well, I I say Django, and they sponsored us, and they didn't correct me, so I hope it's Django. So it's either Django or Django, one or the other. Um, they're a bunch of Australians, and they make this really awesome um, app that will let you put various like system meters in your menu bar. So like CPU usage, memory usage, uh, network throughput, things of that nature. And it's funny because I hate having a really, really huge menu bar. Like the idea of installing Bartender to have to 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 find a way to cull some of the items in my menu bar. Like if I have to install Bartender, then I've already lost. Do you have that installed? Love Bartender. Oh God, you're the worst. Well, anyway, no. On <laughs> the best. Uh, around. Um, anyway, so no, there's stuff like that. <laughs> Love that movie. Um, so yeah, what so movie the, is that Karate Kid? Yeah, that's it. That's oh, it. such a good movie. Uh, Joe Steele, if you you and Dan do that, do the Karate Kid, I want in. But um, yeah, so the iStat menus is an example of something that's a little bit off the wall. That's custom, and I definitely have like a custom um, wallpaper backdrop, whatever you call it. And I have to have hot corners on. Uh, if I don't have hot corners, I can't use the computer. Upper right is show desktop. Bottom right is turn off display. Bottom left is lock the computer. You know, turn on the screensaver, really. And upper left is um, expose. And that's what I do on my Mac. What do you? And and as far as physical customizations, there are absolutely none. I am not morally opposed to putting stickers on my Mac, but it is not something I am interested in. So I wasn't expecting that level of detail. Kind of sorry. No, no, no. I'm happy to have it. Because it's a good discussion. It was interesting to hear you say all of that stuff. Uh, I was more kind of wondering, like, do you use like, um, do you have like a specific wallpaper that you like to use or whatever? Oh, okay. Sorry. So we'll cut all that out. No, 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 no. <laughs> keep it because I'm going to going to say what I do with that sort of stuff as well. All right. So with with regard to wallpapers, it always used to be, uh, for years, it used to be Aston Martins because if I were to fall upon just an absurd amount of money. I would probably get an Aston Martin DBS. Uh, go, God save the queen, or whatever the phrase is. <laughs> um, Don't you even dare. I'm sorry. I love you. It but, is um, God save the queen. Okay, good. Uh, so, it, and then up uh, up until the time that Declan was born, uh, and after the F80 series uh, M3 and M4 were announced, it was the F80 M3. And then once Declan's been born... Uh, it's been various rotating pictures of typically him and Aaron, sometimes just him and very occasionally all three of us. Like right now, uh, on the, well, the computer I'm using is Aaron's and it's just the Yosemite backdrop because I never use it outside of podcasting. But on my work computer, which is my primary computer, it's a picture, which I think I posted somewhere or another of Aaron and me and Declan in his little adorable Santa, uh, costume outfit thing. And that's what I have in my background on my work computer. So my background at the moment needs to change. I've got a Christmas themed one. Which... Oh, it's okay for. I, I think through January it's okay if you so desire. Well, I want to change. It. I just haven't gotten around to it. And okay. in, in regards to like to software, I think sim- I'm very similar to you with a lot of those choices. Uh, like I have to have Text Expander. Um, uh, 
iStat menus as well. Um, I don't really use a lot. Like I use like the battery. I love the battery meter and the and the world clock and stuff that it has. Mm-hmm. Um, Fantastical. Oh, yep. Plus one. Um, one password. I'm not yep. going to put these in the show notes. I'm pretty sure people know about these apps and services. Uh, I am a big mission control user. I, I, I don't use uh, Hot Corners at all, which is quite mm-hmm. interesting. But one of the main things that I wanted to talk about was physical customization. Because you like to... I was going to say deface just to get a rise out of you, but really I'll say augment your Macs. Do you not? Yeah, I, I like to put stickers on my computers. Um, and what I've been doing for the last couple of moments is uh, taking some pictures of my of my Mac as it currently stands to show you the current sticker configuration. Because there have okay. been there have been multiple iterations of this. Uh, one of them, Stephen took some great photos in San Francisco, I think, of my previous Mac, uh, which unfortunately met uh, an end. Um, and I'll put I'll put that Flickr group into the show notes. Excellent. But I've just finished, well, not finished. Uh, I've recently added some more stickers uh, to my MacBook Pro. So I'm putting two uh, links into the chat room and they'll be in the show notes too. So you'll be able to see what it looks like. Now, many people have a problem with oh this. Oh my. Oh, that's busy. Yeah. If you're going to do it, cover it. I think like you're going to do it. You just, you just get, get all up in there and just, just you cover it. Uh, many people have a problem with this. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, sometimes I have posted pictures and people have been, like, angry at me. Wait, wait, but this is the, the picture I'm looking at, which is, I think, the first of the two, is just the bottom of your computer. Right. Well, I mean, if, if you're going to deface, I mean, augment the, oh, never mind, there's the top. Yeah. Uh, it's busy. Yeah, because well, eventually, you know, if you want to keep sticking stickers on the thing, they're going to start covering, you know. You know what I don't, can, I don't like this. Not because you're, as much as I've been joking about it, I don't, I don't dislike this because you're defacing the computer. I don't like it because it's disorderly. There's no system to it. That right. bothers me a little bit. I tried to have a system with my previous one, but then as you get more stickers, you kind of have to give up on it because eventually you want to stick something and you've not got space for it. My old one was worse. I had stickers on the keys. Oh, that that would annoy me this a is, lot. You, if you want to take a look at what that looked like. I don't. You should. Uh, you a, know, I have to say, beautiful. though, I, picking apart these pictures of your current computer, the space shuttle um, sticker, two thumbs up. Everything is awesome. Two thumbs up. I really dig that one. Um, and then what was it on the bottom that I saw that there were a couple of good ones? Uh, I like the incomparable one, as as even though it's gigantic. 512 pixels. I dig that. The world's most overconfident podcast. I'll allow it. Walter White. I dig. I'm a little offended analogs on the bottom, Mike. You want to tell me about that? Yeah, there's reasons. Mm-hmm. So if you go to the front, Okay, so this is where it all starts to get crazy, right? I wanted to put the real AFM one on the front, right? So put okay. put the low, put the network logo sticker on the front. Oh, is if it's each seal of improve seal of quality, I like that a lot too. Yeah. Sorry, Inquisitive goes next to it because that's my show. Connected goes next to the colored rainbow apple. Okay, I can understand that. Virtual is sitting next to two video game stickers. Okay, Bonanza's next to the volcano sticker. <laughs> Fair enough. Flip over. 
Analog, analog is next to the 70 decibels logo. For some reason, I feel there's like a kindred spirit there. Okay. Because it's like this old timey. Uh-huh. And then clockwise and upgrade are next to each other because you got the incomparable. Yeah, that was less of a system than I thought, but... There's the whole system, because uh, all of those stickers were there before the network stickers arrived, so they all went in places. Because I couldn't put them all on the front. I didn't have enough space. It would have covered up some of my other favorite stickers, so I decided to find places for them all. Oh, and the pen addict goes my fountain pen day sticker. Do you try to recycle these stickers should you get a new computer? No. Uh, and this is, I, I don't know what I would have ever done because the stickers don't come off, basically. But like, I lost that computer. My, my previous computer, uh, I spilled drink into it. It had to be sent to, for, for insurance purposes. They wouldn't, for any money that I offered them, send me the computer back, which I can't even tell you how much that upset me. I, I was I was so devastated. And let me tell you why. And And also as well, if you want to tell me how much of an idiot I am and haven't yet done it, I hope this will change your mind. I see the stickers on this laptop as a visual representation of my personality and some of the things that mean the most to me. So some of the things that I really love, I buy stickers of the things that I love in some instances so I can put them on my laptop. That's why I do it. Like, I don't just do it because I've got a bunch of stickers lying around and I need to put them somewhere. Like, on my, like on my previous MacBook, I had, like, some Portland stickers when I went to Portland because I fell in love with Portland and it was one of the best weeks I've ever had. There was uh, a signed Jonathan Colton sticker on that laptop, uh, which I'll never see again. Uh, just, you know, there's a few other things as well on there that just, like, mean a lot to me. And it's like the same on this one as well. There's like a bunch of things on there that mean something to me. It's like why I have a prompt sticker on there. Because that I have those stickers. I didn't have to stick it on there. But that show really means something to me. And it's it, so it's like I, I see the stickers on my laptop as like this extension of me. And, and I just wonder if like is there anybody out there that feels this way? Like... I, I do these things to my devices not just for the sake of customization or for the sake of just sticking something on them. It's because it's it actually means something. Right. Now, do you believe in tattoos? Uh, are you asking me if I believe tattoos exist? No. I, 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 what I mean is, would you ever augment your body with any sort of tattoo? I would. I've always kind of wanted to. Um... I have an idea for a tattoo, but I've just never gotten around to having it done. Is it the world's greatest chest tattooed it's, on it, your chest? It's a picture of you. No, it's <laughs> uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World is one of my favorite things ever. One of my favorite movies, one of my favorite books. It's a comic book series. Uh, there is, I have a design based on something from that book that I would quite like to have as a tattoo. Interesting. Okay. So yeah, I just I I feel like I never can tell or, or defend myself enough for the stickers, so I kind of wanted to talk about it. I mean, I don't, it's not for me, but I can understand why you would like it. Um, it's it's funny to me because I feel like I bring up tattoos because I feel like this is like the the computer equivalent of tattooing it, and so if you look at your computer, I kind of expect you to have like sleeves, you know, on on your body, you know, like just 
full of tattoos. Um, and it doesn't mean that you have to treat your body the same way you treat your computer, but it, it's funny to me because it seems like it comes from the same place. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't really get into personalization as much as I used to. Like when I was a kid, uh, or younger anyway, I don't think I could have ever had an iOS device because I would have, would not have been able to customize it the same way that you could say an Android device. And I would have yeah. wanted to customize the crap out of this. So thing. this is something I wanted to ask you because you used to be a windows user, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you used to use themes and stuff like that? Oh yeah. There was definitely a stretch of time when I had a Mac theme just cause it looked pretty. Yeah. I had a Mac theme because I wanted a Mac. I don't know. I, I may that, have wanted a that Mac. That was why but... for me, like I wanted a Mac. So I had a Mac theme, but I used to, like with XP, I used to just go through and install like the default ones, like and just change them around, you know, mm-hmm. every now and then. Uh, yep. But yeah, I used to, I used to do that. I used to constantly do that. I remember Windows ninety five, I think it was, had like a plus pack or something like that. Do you remember that? And so it would, it would, it would add a theme manager to Windows ninety five or something along those lines. And uh, God, I love that thing. My first home computer was it was an XP machine. Yeah, and you know, I, I've thought about this like. Why did I do this? And I mean, this might not be accurate, but I genuinely think it was like I didn't have the internet. So it was like, what could I do on my computer? Well, one of the things I could do is, I don't know, install some themes. Like, because, okay, I had the internet. I shouldn't have constant access to the internet, right? I had like a a dial-up modem, and if anybody wanted to use the phone, well, then I have to get off. Right. Yep. I remember those days. In fact, just earlier today at work, we we were talking about um, K56 Flex versus X2 back when that was a thing. So someone in the chat was asking about jailbreaking. I was just about to bring that up. So you could do all of this stuff. You know, I could. And I did very briefly. I did have um, my, I think it was my 3GS jailbroke. And most of the reason I jailbroke my 3GS was for SB settings, which at the time was kind of like control center. Is is that what it is when you swipe down or swipe up from the bottom? It's control center, right? Yeah. Okay. It's the center so of it, control, Casey. Of course it's control center. Uh, of course it is. You know, it's like the center of notification. Is that called notification center? That's amazing. Anyway. Wait. Like, don't I even can't eat. Me. I can't. I'm not 100% sure. You are joking, right? Yes, I'm joking. I, you sounded very convincing. Well, you know, I'm a good actor. You Not are really. a good actor. Not really. Um, so anyway, so uh, yeah, I had SB settings. We'll throw a link in the show notes. And what that allowed you to do is have basically control center before there was control center. And um, I loved it. But I didn't find the entire jailbreak process really worth it for the most part. <laughs> and so because of that, I uh, I only had a jailbroken very very briefly and then i never really bothered with it again god i remember this i'm struggling to find something like a good link for sb settings yeah Yeah, i'll I'll put something in the chat we'll find something for the show notes one way or the other um god this looks old because i'm looking at like ios 3 or something like that that's why it's like i don't know i can't find anything this is what i was using at the time though i'll just use this this link is atrocious but we'll, we'll put something in the show notes but uh, yeah, that's about it. Did you ever jailbreak your phone? Uh, not my phone. I, I did jailbreak an iPod Touch just because I wanted to... It was when it was like you could do it with that website. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I just did that, but... 
Yeah. This I don't remember SB settings, but yeah, you can do all of that. You can install icons and stuff, and and on on Android you can do it like and and you can you can get that, you can tweak that stuff to look amazing, like because it can be your definition of amazing, right? Exactly, you know? and and it is that I do think it's quite a, an interest. It's like a compelling part of Android, and it's something calls to me. You know, like Mike, you can have like your stickers, but inside. Because <laughs> yeah, you can change all the icons and stuff. Sure. Like you can just install icon packs and you just use a launcher and you just done. And like you know, all the icons are always being updated and stuff. But yeah, you can you can do some pretty sick stuff with with, with Android with in regards to customization. So I mentioned a bit earlier about like pulling this stuff together, and it was basically because like uh, we're running a little light on topics at the moment, and uh, there's something that we're doing on upgrade which is quite interesting as a way to get topic suggestions. Now, things pop into our heads every now and then, but I, for one, like to have uh, a bank of topics that I can call upon. Like, for example, if for an episode I don't have anything burning, but I want to pull in three or four different things to talk about like I did today, I can do that. Now, part of the problem is I can't think of a good hashtag. So this is problem number one. Is So, like, we use Ask Upgrade for Upgrade. Uh, and uh, and so we need to one work out a hashtag, and then two, I can then set it up so then people can suggest things they'd like us to talk about, and tag it with the hashtag, and then it all goes into a Google Doc. Now I did I know I mentioned this to you earlier this week, KC. Mm-hmm. Have you thought of any good hashtags? Because no. Ask Analog I don't like. I also yeah. don't want to have anything with the name analog in it because people will inevitably spell it wrong and then I'll even have to have two hashtags or things are going to get missed oh relay your feels is kind of good by Doug Beal I like it I like it I'm I'm on it relay your feels that's it I, I can't think of anything I dig it yeah okay right. so problem solved the magic of the internet ladies and gentlemen if you would like to set up not set up if you would like to suggest any in the future, if you'd like to suggest for us any uh, topics or you have maybe even follow up, you can use relay your feels, hashtag relay your feels. Just put it at the start, middle, end of the tweet and we'll find it and we'll be very happy for that and it'll be awesome and we will love you for it. Yep, sounds good. Because it's a, it's a really good way. I I like it a lot on the, on Upgrade. So it's a really great way to to collect this sort of stuff together. Yeah, because uh, we need some we need some more feels. You need to give us some feels to talk about. Mm-hmm. So bring the feels. Casey, where can people find the show notes? They can find the show notes for this program at relay.fm slash analog. That's A-N-A-L-O-G. God, I, <laughs> I had to think about that because I was trying not to spell it the wrong way, and then I got myself confused. We'll edit this in post. You can find the show notes at relay.fm slash analog, spelled however you would like, slash 22, yes. I hope. Yes. All right. <laughs> Don't be that proud of yourself. Yeah, well. It took I you got... a couple of tries there. Yeah, but, th- but nobody will know that because we'll edit out the other failed ones. I mean, it only took you one go. Perfect. To get it right. Perfect. All right. Uh, Mike, where can we find you on Twitter? I am at imike, I-M-Y-K-E, and Casey is at C-A-S, 
E-Y-L-I-S-S. That's Casey Liss. Yeah. Uh, may, no, see, <laughs> and now I'm going too far. Um, thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Analog. Thank you very much to our sponsors for this week, our friends over at Linda and Squarespace. We'll be back next time. Say goodbye, Casey Liss. See you later, Mike. I'm not even rising to it anymore. Like I'm not I'm not even gonna let it upset me. One day I'll spring it on you. <laughs>